Welcome to the Digital Woman Power podcast with me, Reita Farame, Editor-in-Chief of Rich Woman Digital Magazine. My guest today is Sarah Kim, co-founder of Culture and Strategy. Before we go into the Q&A session, I'd like to read a short bio of Sarah Kim. Sarah Kim is the co-founder of Culture and Strategy and also lead software engineers at the Home Depot. As a technology leader, Sarah has a strong understanding of how to connect business and product visions while leading software engineering teams to reach their objectives. She is passionate about building self-directed, high-performing teams and strives to curate working environments that are primed for innovation and experimentation. Sarah works through culture and strategy to help founders and leaders of fast-growing and sometimes distributed companies in managing and scaling high-performing teams. Positioned as the intersection between technology, business and leadership, and drawing from her experience in building and leading striving co-located and distributed technology teams, she is able to relate and be adaptable to real business and organization needs. Sarah gives back to the community by mentoring fellow technologists and also serves as global community growth lead for Culture Collective and as founder for its Houston chapter. She, she also regularly participates in programs and con conversations around technology leadership, culture, and business. So here is Sarah. Welcome to Digital Women Power on Rich Woman Magazine. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Rietta. Thank you so much for that introduction. I'm so grateful for the Rich Woman Magazine Club for putting this together and also for inviting me to collaborate with you. Yes, thank you. Thank you for joining us. And please, would you like to um, introduce yourself? Oh, wow. You, you did a great introduction of me already. Like you said, I, I am an ex-government program manager now making an impact in the innocent section of technology leadership and business. Being a leader in the Fortune 50 company here in the U.S., there are just a lot more, I guess, in terms of how I think has changed a lot since I come into this world of technology, but also as a co-founder for a company that helps companies grow and scale through a synchronized approach to culture and strategy. It's definitely provided me with a lot of opportunities to understand other organizations and to be able to create value in this world by helping grow companies. So in general, we spent time working with corporations of varying sizes. You have companies as small as maybe 25 employees to multinationals with 100,000 of employees. And every engagement is different because it depends on their needs, their strategy, and as a thought leader, I really enjoy speaking on topics relating to leadership and technology, culture, and business. So very happy to be here. And thank you for, for having me. Great. So let's just go into it right now. How did you come about in helping tech startups on their scaling journey? 
Sarah? This is really a combination of leveraging my past experiences working with small and medium enterprises back where I am from, and that was that's Singapore. And also my experience now working in the corporate world in technology here in the U.S., plus a wealth of knowledge my husband and co-founder brings from his background and experiences in business ownership. So in fact, the practical knowledge of scaling considerations really came from Andrew's journey of starting, growing, and scaling his business in the dental space. And also the idea that, or, the, or, or if we look at hypergrowth, it's actually more common to see that in the technology space. So we just found ourselves playing in that space too when we started to help companies. Great. Do you remember, Sarah, a time in your life you're afraid of going into the digital space you are in today? Wow. The, the digital space, I, I guess you mean like the space that's created by the internet. But to, to be honest, I, I don't remember being fearful of the digital space. In fact, my first foray into computers was really playing computer games on my father's huge compact desktop machine back in the day. And then mm -hmm. later on, I, I started to explore the internet. And at that time, I think it was like a broadband dial-up kind of internet. It was mm -hmm. just intriguing to me. So I don't remember an element of being afraid. Okay, that's great. So that's why you're now really into the technology space and really helping other people to learn more about uh, the digital space as well, right? Yeah, yeah. It just happened that way. And I'm pretty sure we'll get more into that. Yeah. So yeah, we, we will definitely do. You were an ex-government program manager in Singapore, was it? Yes. Yeah. And driving startups, small, medium businesses, and global MNCs to partner or collaborate. And my question is, what inspired you and led you to decide that now is the right time uh, to change your digital story? Yeah, that's a great question. That role back in Singapore really gave me a lot of exposure to technology and innovation. I had always felt like I, even though I was in that space, I didn't feel like I understood it enough though. And at that time, I even had this, at the back of my mind, I had wished maybe if I had picked a technology or engineering related degree while in college, maybe I would have had that, that better appreciation for the kinds of uh, businesses that I was, I was helping to grow in my capacity back then. And then it was really my move. My pl I had planned a, a move to the United States uh, back in the day and then that really gave me the drive and the courage to pivot into technology. To be very honest, it was out of personal interest in technology, but in reality, it was also a strategic move to do that lane change into the world of technology at the time. Because if I had just come here with, with a resume that's a program manager, I wasn't sure how transferable those skills would be here. And so I thought if and, and so in the end, within a year prior to my relocation, I had learned how to code and I contracted with a few companies to put it into practice. And then I, I managed to land my first role as a software engineer in, a, in an e-commerce company. That whole journey, I, I was really thankful to my husband because when I moved to the US, he was the only one I knew. And then and who, he's also currently my co-founder and all this while he really believed in me and he also uh, helped me accountable to all the commitments I made along the way. So 
even though it was challenging and a super humbling journey, I think there's been many people I have to thank for, for their faith, their support, and their mentorship, which helped shape me into the technology I am today. That's awesome. And I know that you are an author of a newly launched uh, number one bestseller. What's it called again? The, the book well, that... Yeah. So first off, first off, I am not the author of the book. Uh, my oh. husband, Andrew, is the author of the book, Culture for the Left Brain Leader. And oh. I'm really the amplifier here telling the world about it. <laughs> oh, okay. That's awesome. And he mentioned about, in the book, he mentioned about also about digital transformation, right? Yeah, personally, I've benefited a lot from learning the philosophies from within this book. Yeah. And I've practiced it in my leadership journey in the corporate world. And yes, I've personally discussed digital transformation and Andrew has spoken about it as well. But to be more precise, we usually work with business leaders who are leading the, the digital transformation or even practitioners in the space of digital transformation. But when we work with them, we work with them from an organization culture transformation standpoint. Because wow. what we truly believe in is that the success or failure of the digital transformation usually is less so on the technology, but more so on the culture change considerations. When you think about culture change, it's like the processes, the culture, the collaboration, the buy-in throughout the organization that really makes a difference. Yeah, that's so true. And so, what is, so what's your personal thought on digital transformation itself? Yeah, so honestly, when I look at it, it's like when companies are undergoing some kind of change, digital transformation in of itself is a huge change, right? So whether you're talking about it's a growth spurt or in this case, digital transformation, which is really a, a pivot, right? Necessary mm -hmm. to stay relevant in today's ever-changing market. A lot of times when companies look at the digital transformation, they focus on the technology elements of it. And then later on, when they realize that, oh, you know what? Actually, the culture needs to keep up with it. What they end up doing is they look for quick culture fixes uh, mm -hmm. that they see working in other companies. And then they try to emulate it in their organizations. In reality, though, that doesn't really sustain. It doesn't really work out in the long run. And they should actually be looking internally. So when you look at the book Culture for the Left Brain Leader, what we suggest there is you look at your business strategy for the future and the kind of behaviors that we need to amplify in the organization to align everybody to get us there. And then granted, when we look at culture and you look at uh, what's out there, there's so much marketing campaigns on the latest hype topics. And so it can be really difficult for strategic leaders to find a comprehensive guide on how to logically create that culture infrastructure to support that kind of digital transformation, right? So the book, Culture for the Left Wing Leader, really is that playbook that never existed till now. And I would definitely recommend it to any senior leader looking for a fresh perspective to leadership, management, culture, and strategy. Yeah, I would love to read that book too. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get mine <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, what you said that about how combining the culture with the, with the transformation is, is really what it's all about. Mm -hmm. So yeah, thank you for that sharing. And uh, there is a, a great conversation around um, women exploring male-dominated industries. What is your insight being a woman, also uh, a woman also in the technology space? Yeah, to be honest, if you ask me, I say go for it. Mm -hmm. You know, 
I think personally that we need a diverse set of minds to be able to collaborate, to innovate, to solve yeah. for our world's problems. So I'm in full support uh, for women exploring male-dominated industries. And then to fellow women who, like myself, are currently working or even starting businesses or running businesses in male-dominated industries, personally, mm -hmm. I feel you. It can be challenging and sometimes it's intense. But as we work against the norm, I think mm. we must keep an open mind to learn to succeed within it. It's really important that we just follow the logic sometimes and things can happen. Sometimes we get unsolicited feedback and just don't take things personally. After all, we keep a growth mindset and we're always looking to better ourselves, no matter what the environment is. I think we have a place. Yeah, that's so true. I really like what you said there. And my next question is, do you believe women have a future in the digital space? And what is the limitation or barrier for women to embrace technology? Oh, okay. That question is fully loaded. Let's take the first one first, right? Yes. Whether I believe women have a future in the di digital space. So I think technology has a very profound impact on our daily life. We often hear people also say it would be beneficial if more women could contribute in this area. And I wholeheartedly agree. There is a place for women in the digital space. And I do also think it's the right time. I think to give an example, I think the pandemic itself actually accelerated many things for the digital space. For example, it's now the norm to be working from home. So I feel could actually make things more flexible for women to balance careers and family commitments. But when we talk about limitations or barriers for women to embrace technology, sometimes it's the access to be able to learn certain things. Or sometimes it is, if I try to understand fellow, fellow mothers, they have certain commitments within the home. And so it's tough for them to come out and express themselves in, in the space of technology. But I think one of the things that we, we need to think about is, is it a passion of ours to really explore this world of technology? If it is, like for myself, I, I was passionate about it. I really wanted to learn more about technology. I truly believe that technology is the future and a common world language. And I, I felt I needed to be fluent in it. So it didn't matter what kind of barriers. I just wanted to go for it. So I think if you truly want to be a part of it, there's a lot of things that you could do to overcome those barriers. One of the great things of the digital space today is how connected we all are. The fact that we're doing this over Zoom and, and streaming it over to Clubhouse is intriguing to me. And I think that if we nurture the relationships, we, we build partnerships with other people, I think a lot of these limitations and barriers uh, for women to embrace technology or get into technology or to find allies in technology, I think it would change our futures. Yeah, that's so true. And how about the limitations or barrier for women? Well, to like I mentioned, a lot of the times women have, have, I don't know, it's just a norm that women have family commitment. If yeah. they have a family, they end up being the one at home taking care of their family. Or even if both the father and the mother are both in the workspace, oftentimes if let's say the kid is sick, the mom is the one that goes to, to check on the kid, right? At school or something like that. So I don't know. It's just, it, it's, it's, I guess some things uh, became commonplace, became status quo. And that's why I think we have to build allies. Even between my husband and I, we, we have certain agreements on how we 
we want to run our family. I know we run it a little bit like a business. We had, a, we had spoken about family business. So I run my family like a business. We, we, we know how to support each other. I think it's always about, for me, even for somebody who works in technology, deals with the logic of things. I do believe in the power of the people. Like I said, nurturing your relationships and understanding the various barriers that's up against you, but working to overcome them, that's very important. Yes, it is. What drives you to change the status quo, Sarah? I, th- I think it's all related to being a part of building something um, that could create value to others. Yeah. Uh, and like that, that's really what, what got me to stay in technology because I realized that I don't think I'll be that genius software engineer that will build that amazing thing on my own. I, I just don't see myself as that person. But as I'm leading engineering teams, and the kind of applications or the kind of software that we build that is those customer centric and it change, changes the way, changes customers' behaviors on how they purchase things and things like that because we're in e-commerce, right? That yes. to me is the kind of value, that's the kind of impact in this world that I love to be a part of. And seeing my team be able to build things like that, I don't know, it's just intriguing to me. And what I said earlier, we I truly believe that we need a diverse set of minds to collaborate, innovate, and solve for the world's problems. Mm-hmm. So I think it would be a pity if we have a unique perspective, but we don't share it. So that brings me to that brings it back to me. Why do I want to change the status quo? Sometimes you don't have to change the status quo, but actually bringing out your perspective and sharing it is enough to change the status quo. That's true. That's so true. Okay. What are the changes in your life since embracing your passion for technology, as well as for mentoring the startups, the tech startups that you are doing right now? Okay, so in general, just the career change, right? That was a tremendous change in my life. It really opened my eyes to new possibilities of how to make a positive impact in this world. And then later on, when I brought together this whole concept of me being in the intersection of business leadership and technology, and then bringing and and leveraging the the experiences I had working those small and medium enterprises back in Singapore, and aligning with my partner, my my husband, and then Mm -hmm bringing all those skills, skill sets and, and knowledge bases together to, to create value and support other companies in their growth journey. I think that, that, I don't know how to describe it, but that's just pretty amazing, don't you think? Like, you never know, like maybe seven, eight years ago, if you asked me what I would be doing, I never thought that this is what I would be doing, you know, with my life. But yeah, I, I feel like my life's journey has been an exponential growth journey in the past, what, half a decade. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. And before, um, I'd like also to understand, or maybe you can give advice for women who want to enter a digital business. What's your advice on that, Sarah? Okay. My overall advice for all women in, in technology is really to be you, right? Have an open mind, always be learning, and perhaps... Be bold and bring up fellow women as you rise. I think one of the best ways to really make an impact is to also align your goals with what your organization goals are. Or Mm -hmm. if you're looking to take on the market and start your business, or if you're already leading a business, then then align your goals with what the market and what the world needs is actually super key, I think, 
in being relevant and, and being able to create the impact that I believe you want to make. And then also build your support network. Even with my own personal story, I could not have got where I am without my support network. And because I can't leave without talking about the importance of team, because I, even for me, like as a leader, my philosophy is the high, the, the self-directed high-performing team. So build your team and then make sure you communicate a shared purpose that's greater than yourself. Much like how I see myself as the intersection of technology, business, and leadership, maybe you see yourself as integrators with a unique perspective that could be missing in the market. Yeah, be authentic, be strategic, and don't afraid to be that change agent for a greater good. Brilliant. That's so awesome, Sarah. Thank you. And where can your where can listeners find you? Oh, okay. So they can find me on LinkedIn. It's Sarah, S-A-R-A-H-Y-W Kim, K-I-M. Or you can find me on Instagram at Sarah YW Kim. And, that, and then if you're interested in the book, we have it on Amazon, Culture for the Left Brain Leader. Great. I think I'm going to get one. And I'm sure our listeners will also get one. So um, Sarah, thank you so much. And after the Zoom meeting, we come back to, stay, to the stage for questions and answers on the Rich Woman Magazine Club. Uh, please do join us there. And I really want to thank you, Sarah Kim, for being my guest on the Digital Woman Power podcast today. And very grateful to all of our listeners. If you enjoy this conversation, I would love you to, in, to invite, I would love to invite you to share and listen to my colleagues' podcast at richwoman.co and follow us on Clubhouse at Rich Woman Magazine Club. Also join my Top Tech Leaders Club Parenting, where together with the expert speakers, we help the global citizens and parents to acknowledge how technology is currently transforming our daily lifestyles by highlighting issues faced in this digital age and solutions to embrace and adapt to the use of technology and digital. Thanks again, Sarah, and see you soon. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Rada. This episode is sponsored by MTN Press. MTN Press is the publishing house behind niche publications like Rich Human, Sovereign, and the Quantum of Light magazines, all British brands with a global reach. They deliver the good news straight to the desk of decision makers, the CEOs, presidents, CFOs, consultants, investors, influencers, bankers, PR agencies, heads of global operation to name just a few. They also offer specialized support through a range of bespoke services, tools, and systems to help publishers like you grow both their presence and business. Whether you are running a blog, a niche magazine, or thinking to start one, their expert knowledge in the world of publishing can give you the tools and the expertise and the confidence you need to succeed. Check them out at mtnpress.co.uk or follow the link in the episode description.